Welcome to the Systematic Mastery Podcast. My name is Niels. And I'm Zoe. And we are on a mission to uncover the mindset, the principles, and the practices that truly maximize the human potential. Not in theory, but in practice. We've grown towards living an entrepreneurial life, working from amazing places worldwide, while dedicating ourselves to understand what really stimulates progress, and also what doesn't. We are grateful for where we've come, but we're even more excited about where we're going. But who are we? Nils has been into self-educating and experimentation since an early age, and he experienced a strong sense of not fitting in in his youth. He started his own agency in growth marketing and has been working as a digital nomad from places like Asia and South America the past years. Currently, he's located in Amsterdam, where he predominantly works on his newest venture. This newest venture focuses on making microdosing psychedelics for well-being and mental health purposes more accessible to the general public. Zoe started programming early in life, but comes from a challenging background of bullying, youth criminality, and many other things that kind of set you up for failure. He eventually turned it around at age 18, becoming a ruthless autodidact, starting to study philosophy, building his own software company that worked for platforms used by almost half of the Netherlands, and later he co-founded one of the country's largest crypto-funded projects as chief technology, which has since been acquired. He's experienced highs like entrepreneurial success, and working plus traveling in Southeast Asia, but also lows like bankruptcy and deep loneliness. Throughout our stories, we've learned that we are the ones that choose to make our lives. And it starts with looking honestly at your life, picking the first and tiny thing that you know you can improve. And then it's all about keeping up that practice every single day. Living this way for a while now, We've come to believe that following these practices consistently allows you to perform high on a physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual level. We're only at the beginning of this journey, of course, and we don't know where it will lead us, but we're sure it will be a lifelong one that we want to share with you. Whether it comes to specific techniques for personal knowledge management, morning routines, working out, meditating, or even prolonged fasting, we believe that by using a systematic approach, everyone can attain mastery. In our daily lives, we read, we reflect, and we listen to podcasts to keep working on this goal. By applying learnings in our own life and then sharing our experiences with you, we hope to create a community of systematic masters. Next to sharing our findings, we aim to learn from the community and reach lasting fulfillment in the process. In this first episode, we will kick the tires by doing a deep dive into our own core principles so that you can get a clear understanding of who we are and why we do this. So without further ado, let's get to it. What is the why for mastery? I think it is meaning for me. Okay. So the only way to get meaning from the short life that I have is to know that at the end of it, I have taken out everything that I can or could have, and I've done everything with effort. And I think mastery is the most useful, beautiful path that one can go on to provide this experience for yourself because you live 
with yourself, no one else for the rest of your life, and also to provide something valuable for everyone that you meet along the way. And yeah, like you say, systematic really is, I mean, the system itself might be different for everyone, but the fact that it has to be systematic is the best way to, to get there. So in essence, it, it is really the hype train answer, becoming the best version of yourself. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost surprising that it's so cliche, but it really is that it's, to, to, well, yeah, get everything out of it. It's really this feeling of, I have to make sure that, you know, that you're not leaving anything, you know, that something that's really valuable. It's, because that, it's too isn't precious. It, isn't that a fear-based perspective? That you're, it's a FOMO? I think it would be more fearful if I didn't do it, because then I would probably not do those things out of fear of failing. Because there's, there's one obvious thing in life, and that is to do nothing is basically to die. If you do nothing, or you know, as little as possible, I think that for me that is very similar to loss of life. But to do something with acceptance and effort, I think is maybe even the goal. The goal of life. Yeah, personally. Okay, so now I, I think I have a clear picture of where you come from. I think, I'm not sure yet. Well, we're going to figure out. No, yeah, that's what that we're going to hopefully figure out during this, uh, these talks of ours. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to figure out maybe at the end of it, like what, why, maybe it's changed by then, but the why. But I think, I think it's the same for you, right? I mean... For me, it's also meaning. Meaning, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Like... I think to live life in a meaningful manner is the most virtuous way one can live. And I get meaning from the fact that I become good at something, that right. I take on responsibility. That's a key word, responsibility. Okay. Um, we've both read, I think we've both, Viktor Frankl. Yes. Man's search for meaning. Man's search for meaning. But I remember the end when the conclusion is more or less responsibility is such an extremely important aspect to find meaning in life. True. And this tie really ties in with what Jordan Peterson is saying. Take as much responsibility as you can. Oh, that, yeah, really? Yeah. And that's where you will der derive meaning from. I see. I, I think we both are really prone to ideas or and books that and authors that they are they're saying that, okay, take on as much responsibility as you can, because that's where you find the most meaning. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Then I do. I do. Definitely. Yeah. It's where I found it as well. These okay. ideas. Yeah, for sure. But then what is meaning there? What is, what is this? We're talking about meaning all the time, but what is the experience of meaning? When do you say today was meaningful? That's a really good question. I think I remember a small, I don't know from which book it was. Perhaps it was even from Man's Search for Meaning. Maybe you remember it. He gave a beautiful small anecdote about the difference between having, you have these wall calendars where you rip off a page every day. And there's a really big difference between just going through your life and ripping a page off and that's it. And then basically there's nothing special about it. But what you can also do is rip a page off, look at it, 
fold it away very carefully and put it on a stack, realizing what the day has held for you. And even though you're doing exactly the same thing, more or less with the calendar, just ripping pages off, the experience is completely different because you're attentive to what that day was. You carefully fold it up and that is basically your, your experience. Yeah, what is the sensation there for you? Yeah, that's a good question. What is the sensation? So I get the, 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 the process, but how does it this feel for you? Fulfillment, like, um, there, it's like a combination of there's, there's pride, uh-huh. you know, like I, I did my best, you know, that feeling when you've done your best. And even though you might not have succeeded, it doesn't matter. You, you, you know that you've done your best. Um, and you, you push yourself mentally to, to do that with attention and, and care, caring for something. I think that is the feeling of responsibility to fold that day away carefully that gives it so much meaning. And I think that that experience itself is, well, it's, a, it's a, like a warm, proud, it's close to, to pride in, in my head, at least like, yeah, yeah, good. Okay. I was thinking what gives me the most meaning at the end of the day, like, like to, to stick with your example mm-hmm. is when I get home and I have this deep sensation of, I lived up to my own standards because I have a very clear picture of who I want to be and what I want to be and how this person lives and interacts with other people and how he does his work, what is his quality of work, all these kind of kinds of questions or uh, things that one can think about in his daily life when he thinks about his own person. Mm-hmm. And when I, the, the most meaning I derive from the fact when I feel deeply, yes, today I met my standards. Would you be able to describe that feeling as gratitude for what you've done that day? You're more or less grateful to yourself. Grateful to myself. Yeah. Like, thank you for putting that effort in and living up to your own standards. Yeah, I think perhaps yes, partly yes. But it's also, in my view, the key component of self-confidence. I had this realization only this week that uh, in Dutch we call it zelfvertrouwen. Yeah. It's you trust yourself. And... When I started to keep the promises I've made to myself, my self-confidence grew tremendously because I, I'm, I'm sticking to myself. I'm okay. I'm, I'm making a plan, a promise, and I'm, I'm, I keep on doing that. And by that, that gives me a sense of gratitude and self-confidence, I think. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a trust relationship with yourself that you're accountable for yourself. You can depend on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, because it it, it feels like that for me. I, I couldn't use those words before, but what you've just described really resonates with me. It is it it, it, it Ben describe a friend of mine describes this as you're always in your own corner. Like when everything feels like it might be against you, it's the sensation or the knowledge that you're always in your own corner. You, you're never really alone. Um, and you, you, can, you can back that up with actions. There's no need to be afraid as long as you're okay with yourself. There's a trust relationship there that uh, in the end of the day, that's what I want to see. I want to I be able to say, 
like, like you say, lift up to my own standards. I, I got from it what I planned and that's it. That's pride. That's good. But it has to be systematic. Is pride good though? Depend, depends on whether it's vanity or not. But I think, I think it's beautiful to create something, maybe a drawing, and that you're proud of the, the fact that you made the drawing. You don't have to be proud of the drawing, whether it looks good. That's not something to, to, to make it depend on. But I think it's, it's, it's really good to be proud of the fact that you've put in effort. At the end of the day, for example, when I train, I mean, you know, with the planche, which we'll get into in a bit because it's a goal, a very hard exercise. It's, the progress is so slow that there's little pride in, in, in my progress from, from week to week. But the fact that I pushed, yeah, it gives me quite some pride. Isn't that the same for you? I'm not sure if pride is the word I want to use there. Right. Maybe there's a better word. I'm looking for it. For me, the consistency, the promise I make to myself and I keep with myself that day in, day out, I'm doing the, the things that are in line with my vision, with my principles. Right. That feeling for me is the best feeling I've ever experienced. And I'm not sure if that's pride. I would more say it's more being in tune with your true nature. Being in complete flow with who you really are. Yeah, staying close to yourself. Staying extremely close to yourself. Right. And don't let daily life or events or people affect the way that you present yourself or corrupt the way in which you think or act. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Reminds me of um, Way of Superior Man, where I got from that as a principle, even. Because wh what we're talking about is mastery. And it's, it's important for us. And the way we get there, this is why we started this podcast, is that we want to discover, because we both have a passion for this, the principles and all the components of a system to reach that goal. Would that be, that be a good description of? of what we were trying Correct. to do, right? Because a principle that, that uh, I've seen in, in Way of Superior Man is act from your true purpose. And it's funny because true purpose is it's personal, it's, it's vague the first time you hear it. But if you ask yourself, what is my true purpose? It was surprisingly easy to answer. It, it felt pretty obvious what it was. What is your true purpose? Oh shit, <laughs> I'm unprepared. No, my true purpose, and, it, and the funny thing is it sounds different every time I say it, but it's the same feeling every time as well. The true purpose is to understand and balance. So to, to, to give by understanding. I want, to, I want to understand everything as much as I can to be productive with it, to add something good, something that helps. To create, yes, but to create something that is ideally sustainable as much as I can. It doesn't have to be impact. It just has to be sustainable and it has to be good. So that maybe in 20 years or 200 years, it will still be capable of growing. Part of something that is meaningful in that sense. That is my, that is my true purpose. I would live for that every single day to try and do this. To understand and give. So your true purpose is to create sustainable meaning. 
Yes, for people around me. For people around you. And obviously I'm part of that because I'm in that interaction, but it's, um, it's meaningful ideas, products that are part of a positive change, which personally for me is uh, closer to cryptocurrency and such and technology because it's adding something to society. Definitely a good topic for another episode. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. So it's tribe orientated. Yes. Or, I or, is, it, or is it self-oriented? No, I think it's tribe oriented. I believe very, very deeply that um, the, the extremely beautiful essence of, of us as mammals, of humans, is that we are social. And I think, you know, from, from Marcus Aurelius, it's something he mentions a lot. And also more modern research shows how deeply ingrained this social aspect is in our brain and we judge and do everything based on it. And I think also if there would be more mutual understanding and empathy and the time to ask yourself, what does this person experience and think that the world would look radically different? And I would love to be able to give that. So by superior understanding of the world, of people, of yourself, you attain mastery and you can deliver greater value to the world. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. Okay. So there are a few core principles underlying there, I believe. Yes. So which principles are those? Or maybe you could linger on a few. I would love to. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I also want to hear after this what your, what your true purpose is then, because um, there might be a difference there. So I'm really curious there. But I think we, we align for, the, for the, the most part. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's quickly then, where, where do you think you would add something or maybe change something in what I just described for you personally? I think it's partly personality-based. Um, I am also a tribe thinker, so I fully agree with to the extent that I want to deliver value to the world. Right. But I also think there is a component in there that's really focused inward. So I also want to deliver value to, for myself. And I have this deep desire, not for anyone else, but it's a, it's a pact I've made with myself to become better. And it doesn't matter what the opinions of others are. It's truly aimed at myself. It's not specifically aimed at the tribe. Do you feel that too or not? I do, but becoming better every day is a means to an end and the people are the end and, and, and not the means. So yes, I, I do want to get better for myself, but the only reason I can envision myself being older and being there already is so that I can also give part of that experience to other people. Otherwise I wouldn't be necessarily happy if I'm alone, but a master. But I think that's the, the, the subtle difference there because you say the people are the end. And I'm not sure if I fully agree with that. Right. Because I think that maybe I am the end. Me, myself. I think that's a very stoic approach, perhaps. That you are the end. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm curious to, to maybe really quickly dive into, into the, this because I know you're very familiar with stoicism. Yeah. So how, how, how do you see this? Like, are the people the end or are you the end? Can you be happy without people 
I think, I think you, you can be happy without people. I think so. But when I, when I, when I look at my interpretation of Marcus Aurelius and other Stoic principles is that there is this one concept, which is logos. So the, the nature, basically the logical nature, there's rationality in nature around us. Yeah. The logos. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's inescapable. And I think that that nature of everything around us is social because everything is dependent on each other. There's nothing in this world that is not either being dependent on or dependent on something else. Nothing is completely uniquely isolated and self-sustainable. It's only with interaction with something else that it becomes sustainable. Okay. And I believe that I, I have to act in accordance with that process. It's hard to describe that process, but it feels very, very logical. It feels like logos. I understand. And it reminds me of Kant, a philosopher, where he has an ethical statement that says he can only treat other people as the end and not the means, because that would be unethical behavior. Because then people are tools. That's more like a game theory perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. Yeah. So principles. You asked me about principles. I want to hear yours because there is a lot more under this that we've been working on the past years to to get to this point, even where we mm -hmm. decided this is our process. The first principle that comes to mind for me, and I would like to have your interpretation and, and opinion on, on that, because there's probably similarities, is I want to live at the edge of my ability every single day. I want to try and do this. Live at the edge of your ability. Okay. And I got this from Simon's strength, this calisthenics. Uh, ah. Calisthenics guy, that's the way he trains. And I think you can transfer this to everything in life. And I think this, this is a good highlight of, I mean, we do base most of these things on, on things we've read as well. So I think it's, it's, it's an important highlight to say that this principle of at the end of the day, thinking I did live at the edge of my ability or at the end of the day, thinking I did improve myself is on its own part of that meaning that we were discussing. So it's part of that system, right? True. Because that's what you want to have at the end of the day. See like a, uh, a chart that goes like this, but it goes up in the trend. And, and that's really the idea, I think. And a second principle um, I would like to, uh, to highlight next to act from your true purpose, um, which is another one I wrote it down, is um, to have and live by core values, which is part of being true to yourself. And I personally have three core values and I think everyone formulates them in their own way. Maybe they have 20 or one, you know, it's very, very personal. Um, but there's a nice way to uncover them, which is ask yourself, and maybe you've, you've not done this yet. And then I would, I would like to ask you to do this after, but I, I would like to, to touch upon that briefly. As if you look at important episodes in your life, for the past five or 10 years of conscious experience for us with our age, what were the common denominators and what made them worthwhile? What, what, what is surfacing every single time you have a good phase of your life? And for me, that is agency. So it's the fact that I have complete agency, the feeling that I can go where I want and, and have a certain freedom. And does it mean that I want to be free from something? 
it means that I can get up and walk out of the door and decide this is what I will do today. And there's no one telling me very explicitly what I can or cannot do. And then the second is awe. So that's when I can look at something, I can, and, and nature, for example, and I can look and I can really say like, wow, that really gives me awe, the sensation of wow, you know, nature is a typical thing of that, or, or also beauty. And then the third one um, is regeneration. And that is care for others, care for myself, so that I can actually live at the edge of my ability. Because we all know that if you don't do that, you're slowly destroying or eroding something because you need to regenerate. So those, those are my three core principles. Regeneration is the third one. Okay. Yeah. Because the first two I am really in line with because I've done this exercise before. Oh, awesome. The third one for me was uh, connect. Connect. I think that might be even one deeper, I think, because regeneration is that a core principle or because you said, I want to do that because it needs to be sustainable. True. Yeah, I, I, I see. Well, it is an answer to that question. You know, in every phase of life, what has been a common denominator that I saw was really important there for me, a, a good one, and that was the ability to regenerate. Because I saw some self-destructive behavior if I didn't take the time to regenerate it myself. I'm very aware with self-destructive behavior. Uh, yeah, I think we, yeah, it's, it's, it's the danger of wanting to become a master in a way. I think that's true because I think that we both have this tendency to to go into that path you know yeah but maybe that's the 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 extremity of our views because we we see where the the bad way the bad path leads to Mm -hmm. but we also are aware of where the good uh, path leads to right and that's it like when we're talking about the process to mastery it's like this path where you're constantly on it's like you're on the edge and sometimes you slip and you can see yourself doing it. And that's when I would need regeneration, you know, to, to look inside. Meditation is a part of regeneration. It's to look inside mm-hmm. and look and see, like, how am I doing? You know, or reflection at the end of the week. It's all part of that, that value because you also regenerate mentally. So, but what is connection for you? Because I, I don't have a clear idea of, of, of what that means. Well, for me, there are a few moments that are uh, paramount in my life, which I recall when I think of meaningful experiences. And they are always with other people. And yeah. for instance, like I have this one, the moment I experienced the most meaning was when I was in uh, Brazil traveling with my then girlfriend. And we just had this enormous walk for like 20 kilometers through the mountains, through the Amazon. And then we reached the beach and it was completely empty. And I was just in awe. That's why the second part of your, uh, your explanation really uh, resonated with me. I was both in awe. I also was connecting with someone. And I also was complete free because I went there. So I did basically the three points you just touched upon were combined into one. Right. And I think also when I would be alone in that situation, that would be, would also have been a very deep, meaningful experience. But the fact that there was someone else there, which I love and which I shared this experience with made it even more impactful. You're right. You're definitely right. There is, I mean, I've had these experiences myself as well, and I wonder why is Connect not part of that? I'm, to be honest, 
A reason for that may be that I also get off from connecting. So when I, when I look back every now and then I do a stoic exercise where I try to name people and why I'm grateful for them. This is the first thing that Marcus Aurelius does in the meditations, you know, for teaching me yeah. this, for doing this. His father, his friends, his mother. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is even the people that you know later were not necessarily so great, like his brother for him, he is grateful for certain things. Anyways, when I, th- when I think about these things, like you or, or my girlfriend or my mother or, or friends that we like mutual friends or other friends, then there's always an awe for the fact that I, and gra- gratitude for the fact that I was lucky enough to have a person or a bond with someone that is very clearly to me impacting me in a positive way, which it's basically just a gift, right? I mean, you don't ask for this. It's just happening. But it just, it's, 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 it pushes you to, well, mastery, actually, in a good way. The right people, you know, I mean, you know that you're, you're basically the people that you hang out with most. Are you also grateful for people that brought you negative experiences? That's a good question. Yeah, because I was leaning to the positive side a lot. Am I grateful? It's funny, the gratitude not comes, comes naturally, but it, and it, it's not gratitude to them but it is gratitude towards the experience of going yes. through that. Yeah. Having, having gone through that. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I tend to do the same thing. I'm grateful for meeting people and to have an experience with them. But I just only recently started to be more aware of the fact that I'm also extremely grateful for the people that challenge me in a negative way. For instance, in business or in relationships and romantic relationships that I can learn so much from, from this. And I'm actually grateful that this happens to me right now. And this really ties in with, I know you're reading Jocko Willing and he always says like, whatever happens to you, good. You know, he's very deep with that. Whatever happens, it doesn't matter what it is it's good that it happens. And for me, by adopting more that specific mindset that everything that happens is good, that really upped my game. It's true. It's funny because this is very, this is stoic as well, because the stoics say that everything in in nature, everything around you um, is indifferent. So there is no good or bad in it, but the way you handle it can be good. So exactly. you only have power over yourself, not what happens to you. So it really seems like there's, there's a lot there where you accept what happens and you use the, the power that you have in you to take the good and continue. What's the difference between a core value and a principle? Right. The principle here is to live by my core values. So the principle is that I stick to something. So when I reflect on an experience and I see I didn't stick to my principles, um, then I would be saying I didn't act for my core values, right? So the principle is basically, I mean, a rule may be the wrong word, but it, it gets close to uh, like an agreement with myself, like I will live by this. And then the core values themselves are more an experience, like you experience awe. Um, so that's really, and, 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 um, I experience autonomy 
and I experience regeneration. So the principle is I live by these things and the core values are the, the experience of what I want to do, what I want to see in everything that, that I do to, to have a stable path system, basically to mastery. I think, I think, I think that that's the, uh, that's the outline. Yeah. Okay. And then can you perhaps name a few of these principles? Because I know you have, have multiple. Right. And the first principle that comes to mind is always look inside. Like, I really like sayings, but um, you are your mind. So it's very easy to get caught up in things that are not true. Like everything is a construction of your mind in the end. But then always look what is what is real and what is not and try to do this inside. And, and it's not a success formula. Like it feels very often, but when it succeeds, it's big. You know, it's really, it can be really, really valuable. Um, so that that's a strong principle. Know, know yourself is very related to this. Yeah. And another one is be dependable. Okay. Yeah, those are two, the first two that come to mind. What are what are more for you? Yeah, I think. The, the first one that we touched upon is the, the daily improvement principle. We talked about that. And one I have incorporated into my system, I think around three years ago, is to really chase your fears. Because I used to see fear or anxiety as something that I should, like, like a, a signaling mechanism for something I should you know, stay away from. Because, you know, you're, you fear it. Yeah. I should not go in, into that direction. But at one moment in time, I just turned this around in my head. And I was like, hang on. It's not a signaling mechanism for like avoiding something. But it's a signaling mechanism for something where I need to go. And again, I think that that ties into the first one to its improvement. Because... A life without fear, that would be something that is, of course, highly desirable. But I also feel that it's a guiding mechanism. Like fear is really a guiding mechanism of where I need to go and where I can become better. Yeah, it's like, reminds me again of um, the obstacle is the way where yeah, it's, a gui- it's a guiding principle. True. It reminds me, I'm, I'm listening to, to some, some books and one of them is Dare to Lead from Bene Brown which I think is a recommendation. Also, if you listen to this or read this together with leadership strategy and tactics, so they're both about leadership. Brene Brown says there, she asks military people, and also she's asked this to software engineers and CIAs, but military specific, have you ever seen anyone in a mission do something like retaliate or give an order without being vulnerable in the process? And basically the question is, any act of courage requires vulnerability. Otherwise, it's no courage. You have to be vulnerable. So there's, there's again, I think that that might be what you're describing as well, is you need to look for that vulnerability and be able to agree with your fear sometimes. And, and, that, and that's a stoic saying as well. It's like, I agree with my fear. It's not an enemy. It's just fear. And it's okay. I can be scared. And, and there's, there's a, this difference also between, I'm slowly learning this. It's not 
I can tell you about it, but does it mean that I, I apply it in my life every day because it's, it, it still is difficult. But it's the difference between, or it's not necessarily the case that if you're afraid that you don't have courage or that if you're afraid that you're weak, it's, it's actually courage to be afraid and still do it. That's courage. Exactly. And it's easy to, to, to miss that and think like when you don't show fear that then you're cooler or something, which is, you know. Yes, I fully agree with that statement. I haven't heard of the book, but I'm eager to, uh, to read it. Okay, so now that we have established the principles, yeah. we also in the past talked about goals. I'm curious to see in what way are goals then different from principles and how do you use goals or even what do goals mean for you? And what are some goals that you, ha that you have at the current moment? All right, so to, to start, goals are, are quite different from principles, as in we both use this system called PARA, and I think um, it's very similar to what we call project. A goal always has an, an end. There's, there's a moment where I reached my goal. And it doesn't mean that there won't be a second goal after that that is you know, in the same direction. When you're talking about becoming stronger, for example, you don't suddenly quit once you've reached it and you want to keep going. I think that's a really important difference because a principle is something that you can do literally until the day you die. It's endless. Living at, at the edge of bit, uh, my ability only is impossible uh, when I don't live anymore. Because until then, yeah, I can, I can do it. So I think that's, that's a really important distinction. And then a goal is also measurable. It makes your progress measurable. And that's, that's something I get from being able to set goals is I can look back. An example now, since you already also asked for those, is the planche, which is a, a bodyweight calisthenic movement, which is extremely heavy to do. And, you know, many people equate this with the superhuman strength kind of thing, where you can basically keep your whole body horizontal, only using your arms to, to balance out. And I've been training for this for one year now. And... It's surprisingly <laughs> slow progress. You know, you can train for this in a year and I'm basically, aware. yeah, you do the same thing, right? So you, and you're further than I am. So you've, 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 you've felt that grind more than enough. And then now I'm halfway and a goal helps me to see like, okay, fuck, it kind of feels like I'm not making progress at all. But then I look back where I was and I've gotten very far. And then I look forward where I'm going to be and I can start assessing, will I make it? What should I do to make it? And this process allows me to live at my, uh, the edge of my ability just a little bit better because I know where I need to go. So I think that's a really important distinction in terms of goals. So a goal is a, is a, a tool perhaps yeah. in order to achieve the vision that you have established with the principles. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good way of, it's a really good way. Yeah. Because you, the principles are always represented in the goal. In a way, right? Exactly. Living at the edge of buildings. I can imagine that your principle would be to to have a, f a fit body, or to have a you know to optimize your body because it, this could perhaps also be beneficial to your mental health, something like that. And then a goal is to do a plunge, for instance, because and that will help you because it's in line with the the principle. Is it, is it how I see yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. The principle would be be strong. 
Okay. Mentally and physically. Okay. And then compliance is a great way to, uh, to be strong. Yeah. Okay. Is that the same distinction you would make? And, and what is one of your goals besides the planche? Well, for, yeah, I also have the planche as a, as a goal. I'm thinking, is this how I use goals and principle? Yes, I, I do envision for myself place and state of being where I want to be. And I truly try to already live this, this state of mind and this state of being. So I reflect on that every day and also like envision that every day. And then I use a goal in order to get there. So an appliance would be this, but the goal in the end is to become inhumanly strong by using calisthenics in, in this regard. Because I think that I owe it to myself to become that way. Did you get what I mean? I, I think we're, we're basically in line there. Yeah. Until the point, and I'm really curious, what does it mean to owe something to yourself? I get your point. I'm insanely grateful for the current being that I am. You know, I'm okay. I'm 29 years old. I have a fit body. I'm healthy. I'm grateful for that. And for me, it would be an insult to the universe, to myself, if I would not take full responsibility of this gift and to use it to its fullest extent. I see. So it comes from gratitude. It comes from gratitude. Yes. That's, that's, that's now I understand. I think I get it. And yeah, I, I, I definitely can feel the same gratitude okay. for, it's funny that again, it reminds me of something stoic is that you can be extremely grateful for the fact that nature or God or whatever you want to call it has given you the means to deal with whatever happens and sure. that gratitude, like, wow, I got a body. I have, I have a fit soul and mind. I can do so many things with this. And from that gratitude kind of comes the responsibility yes. to actually do something with it because it's, it's, it's free. You just got this. Correct. Like, use it. I think it's partly gratitude. I'm it just popped into my mind. Mm. I also don't want to have any regret. Yeah. So I don't want to be, become, you know, resentful or yeah, I just do not want to think back, you know, all my life. I want to like in retrospect, think. I wish I had done it like that. That's also part of it. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you can think to yourself, that thing happened to me, but I acted in a way that is in accordance with my, with my purpose, maybe my nature, who I want to be, how you envision yourself, maybe your principles, then you wouldn't regret it necessarily, even though it might be a bad situation that you got into, right? True. Because you don't let yourself down, even though something else might. Yes, correct. So I think we, we touched upon most important aspects to everything that we want to do on our road to systematic mastery. As in, there's meaning in mastery for both of us, a, a deep meaning, a pretty profound one, it seems. We have principles already that outline very much the things we try to do all the time to get there. And then we have goals to make sure that we will both measure and we use them as tools, I think to use your wording, to actually get there. And that completely resonates with everything I've experienced so far. Is there anything you would like to add to, well, the system of systematic mastery that we're- The we're system of systematic mastery. 
No, I think you, you laid it out pretty well, pretty clear. And I think that right now we have set up the stage to, in the next podcast, go further into depth in, in the specific tools or strategies we, we use, we apply. Right. For instance, a workout, you know, a plunge, getting there. Like, how do you get there? This could be an example. Yeah. Or like, you read a lot. Like, how, how do you read and how do you get information? Yeah. How, how do you organize and structure this? Yeah. So they're like, well, again, like methods, tools. More methods, yes. Yeah. Like, I know that you are very deep into personality types and, and psychological stuff, which is, again, a really useful tool to navigate, basically this road to self-mastery efficiently without getting stuck or you know, you getting the most from, from these experiences and the same with training. Yeah. So the main goal of, of this whole podcast in general, whatever we'll be doing, if it's interviewing other people or discussing something, I think is in any way possible, try to uncover either methods or principles or goals that could be a part to systematically get to where we want to go. And I guess it does might mean, and that at that point, I'm really in interested when that might happen, where we have to kill our darlings. You know, there might be a breaking point at some point where we say, we had a principle and I learned something very valuable this year and I will change this. And I think that is a really paradigm shift, a paradigm shift. Yeah, because I think that's what we're looking for. That's what we thrive on as well, because we are evolving all the time in, in a positive sense, I hope. I think that's exactly what I hope to get out of this podcast. Yeah, because the most, also the most profound experience of my life is when my paradigm completely shifts the other way around. Yeah, we we stage and create the situations that could help well yeah. us and and the people we talk to and the people that listen, um, get those paradigm shifts. True. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way to end this. I think it is.